Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. Blair, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable before all of us to share some of your story. Don't you learn so much when people are authentic and real? Wow. Blair's a real-life guy here at Koinonia. <laughs> um, yes, Cherry, Charissa, his wife. Do you want to know a cool part of the story if you don't know them? is She was the girl back in high school that shared the scripture verses with him, and that's who he ended up marrying. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And they do have three beautiful kids. Those weren't stunt doubles that we brought in for the video. Those are real kids that are here, part of Koinonia. And as you hear Blair share his story, maybe there was parts of it that you were like, oh, I can resonate with that. Oh, yeah, that, I, I, that's part of my story as well. I, I've thought that before. But did you hear what he said right at the end? Because I truly believe if it weren't for Christ, I wouldn't be alive today. Wow. He talked about Barb and Lauren, who he lived with for a period of his life, and, and how they prayed for him. And they, they believed in God. And there was a lot of people, some of you maybe prayed for him through his journey. And he talked about two significant questions that landed in his mind that changed his course of direction. I want you to note something this morning, that God asks questions at strategic times of your life. God asks questions of you because he wants to get your attention. Are you aware of that? Why do we ask questions? We ask questions because we want answers. <laughs> Straightforward. I'm not hiding anything there. Jesus asks questions of you because he wants to help you find the right answer. But then God comes along and he asks questions because he wants you to discover Jesus. And today we're going to go into a couple passages of the first people who found the empty tomb. And we're going to see some of the questions that God asked them, the, the key questions he asked to the first witnesses of the empty tomb. And, in, I, and the reason I'm, I zoned in on these, these questions is because over the last two years, we all have had questions that we didn't get justifiable answers for. Um, we, we were asking questions, is this right or is that right? <laughs> um, do I believe this expert, what they're saying, or do I believe this expert? Do I follow that party or do I follow this party? And we didn't always get the answers that we wanted, and it sometimes left us very confused, almost frustrated to the point of, is there any sure thing in this world left anymore? Well, I'm here to remind us all again what you've heard all morning, is this is Resurrection Sunday. And Resurrection Sunday marks something that is sure, something you can count on, that there is a God who loves you and that he brought his son once to share his love and raised him to be fully alive again so you could experience life in Christ. Acts 2 verse 24 says this, But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its grip on him. God raised Jesus from the dead for you and I. 
Now let me take you to John chapter 20. And this is the first account of some people who witnessed the empty tomb on that morning. If you read John chapter 20, you will read that Mary Magdalene was the first one to get to the tomb. And she saw the stone rolled away. And she's like, if the stone's rolled away, something big is going on here because that's a big stone that's not easily to move. She ran back to tell some of the disciples and say, guys, the stone's rolled away. And I bet she barely got the words out of her mouth. And Peter and John started hightailing it and running toward the tomb. They needed to see this for themselves. And John, the author of this book in the New Testament, the fourth book into the New Testament, John starts to tell some of the story, and, you know, humanly, you can, this is what I like about the disciples, they are so real and human. John reveals that he's a better runner than Peter. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that in the passage. He said, oh, I outran him. <laughs> I got to the tomb first, but Peter, in his bold bluntness, just ran right into the tomb. He wasn't stopping there, he was going all the way in. And then John went in, and what we read is John said, it was in this moment when we saw that Jesus' body wasn't there. But the burial clothes were all wrapped and laying in, uh, in place. Like, it wasn't a desert. It wasn't a captivity that was taking his body away. But John said, that was the moment when I saw and believed. And John sa even says, um, he said, uh, that we still didn't, as, as disciples, I'm putting it in the first person, we still didn't understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So even in that moment when John saw and believed that Jesus was not here, he was risen, they didn't understand at all. But I'm going to read a little further on. John, John 20, verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where he, you have put him. I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Then Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and to your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went off to the, to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, she told them, and he has said these things to her. And I bring your attention to this passage because Jesus asks a few questions here. And I want us to note the questions we're being asked. Well, the, the whole passage raises questions for us. Um, after the three of them saw the tomb was empty. Why did John and Peter just decide to walk on home? <laughs> did they stay and look around for Jesus? Maybe Jesus was just outside sitting around the tomb somewhere and they could spot him. <laughs> Mary was there with them. They didn't talk about her in the foot race. Did she beat both guys there? We don't know. John didn't mention that. But Mary stayed after the guys left and she was crying in that moment. Why? 
What was happening? What was unfolding in all this process that, that was taking place? But Jesus comes and he begins to ask some very intentional questions. Mary said the first ones to ask her questions were the two angels. And it's so interesting to think, what would it be like to be asked a question of angels? In the text, it really doesn't matter. Because her emotions were so stirred. She was so consumed with what was taking place. that she Angels or no angels, it didn't matter. But then Jesus asked her a question. Jesus said, why are you crying? Do you think that Jesus didn't know why Mary was crying? <laughs> he absolutely knew. He knew her sorrow, her grief. He could see it. But what he wanted to prompt in Mary was a response where she would, would ask herself that question. Yeah, why, why am I crying? <laughs> Jesus stirs us with questions because he wants us to think for ourselves. The next question he asked her is, who are you looking for? <laughs> Once again, did Jesus know who she was looking for? Yeah, she was looking for him, right? So, so he wasn't asking her because he didn't know. <laughs> oh, you're looking for me. Well, here I am. No, no, no. He said, who are you looking for? Because Jesus wanted Mary to respond and say, I'm looking for my Lord. Where have they placed him? I'm looking for Jesus. Because, friends, Jesus is ready to respond to you if you tell him you're looking for him. Mary was stirred with emotions in this moment. And that could easily have taken her out. But Jesus was wanting to engage her faith in this moment. He was wanting to call her deeper into the moment of what she was experiencing. He was, I've heard explanations that faith and emotion don't go together. You can't have both. And I don't know, that theory obviously didn't listen to Jesus when he was at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. Because when Jesus was there at the tomb with everybody, he said, just believe. And he cried. It's okay for us to walk through life in connection with our emotions. To know why we're crying. Why are we frustrated? Where is our pain coming from? That's a little bit of what Jesus wanted Mary to identify with. It was her pain, her frustration, her hurt that she was experiencing. And so when she called her, when, she, when he asked her the next question, who is it you're looking for? Jesus was wanting Mary to, to understand who would answer, be the answer for the pain she had in life. Now I'm going to take you from this experience to Luke 24. Some other eyewitness accounts of seeing Jesus risen. In Luke 24, Luke tells us about two disciples that left Jerusalem and were on the road to Emmaus. And while they were walking along on this road, they were having quite the discussion. And Jesus comes up beside them, and as he comes up beside them while they're walking along, he said, what are, what are you guys talking about? What are you discussing while you're walking along? And one of the disciples kind of responds with like, are you the only one here to know that the things that not know the things that have happened in Jerusalem? And Jesus goes, what things? <laughs> Once again, do you think Jesus wasn't in the know? <laughs> that he didn't understand what was happening? Like, Jesus is like, what things? Meanwhile, he's probably got some scars here that were visible in his hands. And he knew what had happened in Jerusalem. He had lived and died what had happened in Jerusalem. But he took this moment to, 
to, to press into the guys and ask them a question. What are you guys talking about? What's so important? And in a few short moments, they told them everything they knew. And then Luke tells us that then Jesus responded and told those two guys everything he knew. He started with Moses and went to the prophets that, that prophesied, that talked about Jesus coming as a Savior, as the Messiah. And he spoke to them all the way through so that they would have greater understanding of who he is and why he had to raise from the dead. And they still weren't getting it. So he said, let's go in and have a meal. And it wasn't until they were at the meal that Jesus broke bread. And then Luke tells us that their eyes were open and they saw, oh my goodness, this is Jesus. Their eyes were open to see the answer to all the discussions they were having as they walked along the road. And in that moment, Jesus disappeared. <laughs> and the two guys kind of looked at each other and said, in, in our language, it would be, how could we be so stupid? <laughs> how did we miss this? How were our hearts not burning with the fact that he was sitting here talking to us and explaining all the scriptures to us? Friends, have you ever been in a discussion so involved that you missed some of the point of what the discussion is about? Think about it for a moment. Picture yourself, you and a buddy are walking along the road, and you're having this heated conversation, and you're getting to the point of who's right and who's wrong, because sometimes we get there in a discussion like that. And then this complete stranger starts to interrupt, and you're like, just stay out of the conversation. We know what we're doing. Or picture you're at, sitting at a cafe with a friend. What would Jesus overhear you talking about in the cafe? Would you be so focused on, like, you know, tunnel vision, just talking together, that if this stranger said, hey, what things are you guys talking about? You'd say, you know, what are you, from another planet? You don't interrupt a conversation here. Have we ever been so consumed with ourselves and our opinions and our conversations that we might miss Jesus being right in our presence? You're actually not going to know if you missed him. <laughs> I hope you know if you didn't miss him, and he was with you. But now let me take us to Blair's story. Because Blair also said there were two significant questions that caught his attention. Remember, God asks questions of us to get our attention. He wants to point us toward Jesus. Blair mentioned in his story that the first question he heard was, where are you going? And again, if that was God... If that was Jesus, if that was the Holy Spirit speaking to Blair in that moment, God knew where Blair's decisions in life were taking him. It was on a destructive path. But once again, God interjected a story into his life to say, I want you to think about this. Where are you going? So that he would go, yeah, wait a sec. Where am I going? Do I want to go in this direction? And the next question is, where are these people taking you? Huh. I hadn't thought a lot about that. If I go along with them in their journey, in their story, their path that they're on, do I want to end up where they're going to end up? And Blair shared with us that these were some of the pivotal questions that stirred in him to think about the, the life path that he was on. To stop for a moment and sober up in life and say, the decisions I made, do I want to end up where they could take me? 
from his story, he said they, they altered his, they gave him a new course direction. They caught his attention because God was speaking to his heart in that very moment. And when Blair turned and he said, oh, Jesus, I want to follow you where you will take me. Then God spoke into his heart and transformed his heart. You see, God asks us questions when we're in a place of doubt, confusion, frustration, or maybe in a place where we need healing because the direction of life we've been on is, has been very harmful to us or others around us. Mary had the same confusion of what's going on. Just tell me where you've taken him. The two guys who were on the road to Emmaus began to doubt things and what was transpiring. And maybe all that Jesus was talking about was, was for nothing. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, asks us questions because he wants us to discover the answers he has for us. Did you notice how God asks questions so gently when he addresses the heart of the person, when he addresses your heart. When he asks a question, it's not to embarrass you. It's not to shame you. It's not to condemn you or chastise you. Instead, when God asks a question, he wants you to discover the answer that is the sure thing for your life. The sure thing that Jesus is alive. And that's the news you need to change your life. The one sure thing is that Jesus is alive. And a relationship of faith with Jesus will transform your life. Why? Because it will speak peace to you when you have fear. Jesus will speak uh, answers and life to you, truth to you, when you're confused about what's happening. Jesus will speak healing to you when you've been on a journey that's destructive. Hmm. When Blair was sharing and he said, I don't know, there was just something in that moment when we were hanging out and we were using temporary solutions to deal with our pain. And he said, I was kind of going between sober and, and a high feeling. But in that sober moment, something spoke to me. God can get through if you're, if you're wanting to listen. He wants to speak to you. And because Jesus is alive, and when you follow him, what that means is he can, He's defeated death, amen? That's what today is all about. And because he's defeated death, it means he's defeated rejection. And because he's defeated death, it means he's defeated abandonment. It means he's defeated you being orphaned, whether literally or in your heart or in your mind, feeling like you've been rejected by the whole world. Because Jesus has defeated the, the kingdom of darkness, you and I can experience the kingdom of light that will give you life. And then we come to the final words in Blair's story. I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for Christ. Is there anyone here who could raise your hand and say, I know I'm alive today because of Jesus Christ. That you could say, yes, it is Christ who's done something in me. My hand is high because I believe it. I know it. I wonder where Brian would be today if I, he hadn't, if I hadn't said yes to Jesus Christ. The one sure thing is God in this world. There's a lot of uncertainty. 
when your eyes can't see it, <laughs> when your heart feels confused, when, when your life is broken, you can still come back to and count on the sure thing that Jesus is alive, therefore God cares about me. Maybe you're in the room with us today, and I don't know what your experience with God is like. <laughs> it feels like your life is the empty tomb. And he's just walked out of your life. And you feel like, I haven't heard him for years. I want you to know something. I've never heard God speak my name out like he spoke Mary's out when Jesus said Mary. I never heard him say, Brian. <laughs> but I want you to know I've experienced by walking with faith in Jesus that when he speaks to my heart, it's like he knows me. When he speaks to my heart where my pain is or my confusion, it's like, oh God, it's like you're, you know my name. You know me as one of your sons. That experience comes through faith in the Savior Jesus who is alive. You see, the one sure thing is that, that God keeps his promises. I talked about that last Sunday. That God loves you. Pastor Nathan talked about that on Good Friday. The one sure thing is that Jesus is alive. He is. And if you keep reading in the book of John, go further to the next chapter 21. Because when they were sitting on the beach having breakfast with Jesus, John records, and we didn't ask him any more questions. <laughs> because we knew he was the Lord who is risen and is alive today. Friends, what question is God asking you today? What question is he stirring your heart with? If you've pulled away from God or been distant from him, is he calling out your name? But there's so much stuff going on in your world that you can't hear it. Maybe you need to turn off your Walkman. <laughs> Maybe you need to ask uh, the people you live with, can you just keep it quiet? I think I need to, to sit and listen. Oh, man. Maybe you need to go for a walk by yourself. You know how I like some of these reality TV shows, and I'm watching the one that's called Alone, Alone in the Wilderness. And it's so interesting, they drop these competitors out in the wilderness. And after a week of being alone, all these rugged, tough guys start getting emotional and going, man, something spiritual is going on here. Because they're finally coming to their God senses that the rest of life doesn't matter. And your life will be, feel like it's empty and you're drained unless you acknowledge God sending his son Jesus to make you fully alive. If you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus today, today's a moment where you can say, God, I want to turn and follow you. I want to be alive in you. Because what the world is offering is so temporary, it leaves me empty and depleted. Or you can do that for the very first time. Whether you're in the room here or you're connecting with us online, you can say, I want to follow you, Jesus. I don't want to follow where these people are taking me. I want to follow your path because it's the path to life. Or maybe you're connecting with this and you hear my voice, but you've been on your own journey. You came so far with God and then he said, let me just try things on my own and see how it works out. And maybe somebody's invited you here today 
and you've come with grandma or grandpa because he invites there or mom or dad. But you're hearing this message and you're saying, I don't have life. I want to have life. You see, when we say yes to Jesus Christ, Jesus doesn't just give us temporary solutions to get you by Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And so I want to give you an opportunity today to say a prayer of, oh God, I want to walk back to you and today I'm going to do it. Today I see that Jesus is alive and I want to walk to Jesus. Church, would you stand with me in the room and you can stand if you want at home, but we're going to pray a prayer together. And I'm going to invite everyone to join me in this prayer. It's a prayer for those of you who are journeying back to God or saying, I want to start with God. <laughs> Can I start my life over with God? Absolutely. But I'm going to invite everyone to join me in this prayer because it's something the, that the believers in this room, the followers of Jesus have already professed. And so you're going to speak it out loud by your faith. And if this is the first time you're praying it, receive it in your heart. If you're renewing a walk with Jesus, express this prayer by faith and say, God, this is, this is true. This is real. Let's pray together. Father God, I have pain. I have sin. And I don't want to end up where my life is currently going. I want forgiveness. I want healing. I want to know Jesus as my Savior. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are alive. And I believe you're going to bring life to me. I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. After the service is finished, some of us pastor leaders are going to be up front. And if that prayer stirred something new and fresh in you today, come up and talk to us. We'd love to talk with you about Jesus. Or if you're connecting online and that prayer was real for you, send us an email, send us a text. We want to connect with you because there's nothing like living when Jesus is alive in you. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.